Hi everyone, good day, and welcome to the CG Zest Wellness Podcast. As we are about to share this podcast episode with everyone, two other resources we would love to bring to your awareness as the CG Zest Wellness team is first, our CG Zest Wellness platform powered by Virgin Pulse, which indeed you might very well be eligible to enroll in and take advantage of. The next to share with you is our CG Zest Wellness newsletter, whereby each week to your email inbox, you can see our resources and supports. And what you want to do is look out for the title with these CG Zest Wellness newsletters of Win the Week. So if you subscribe to our CG Zest Wellness newsletter, look out for each week is win the week. And so for this podcast episode, myself, Nathan Kolar from the CG Zest Wellness team, along with another CG Zest Wellness member, Sharon Looney, who's a registered nurse, speak all about heart health and the connection with cardiovascular disease. And we decided to record this as a topic because each February is Heart Month. And so in this episode, we think you're going to find value in it because Sharon and I share kind of a background of the heart, Heart 101, and then we get into the tie and connection with cardiovascular disease. Sharon talks about various risk factors, and we also mention how this connects with blood pressure. And then lastly, our episode wraps up with talk about the connection with heart health and cardiovascular disease with exercise. And so we share some practical ways someone can monitor the intensity of their exercises. And the main intensity tool that we bring awareness to is the MET tool. That's capital M, capital E, capital T, MET, which stands for metabolic equivalence. So. With that said, here's our episode recording with myself, Nathan Kolar, and registered nurse, Sharon Looney. All right, everyone. Hey, Sharon, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Hey, Nathan. How are you keeping? I'm keeping okay. I'm keeping okay. Each day is, you know, each day trying to make it through each day sometimes rather than before it was, uh, you know, make it through the month, make it, et cetera. But yeah. uh, each, each day is different sometimes, its own challenges. But mm-hmm. yeah, making it through the day as I, as, uh, as I tell everyone. How about yourself? Yeah, similar. Um, although, you know, some days you're easier than others. Um, it's definitely more of a, a challenging time of year everything that's going on in the world right now um, and you know people are kind of slowly while in, in Grand Cayman we're kind of finding our new normal in the 
getting back into the workplace and getting back into a sense of normalcy and um, positive news and um, vaccinations are, are happening. Um, but yeah, today I, I think the topic of conversation, because it's February, this is what's prompted our, um, our podcast today, is to talk about um, cardiovascular disease because it's heart month. and Every February. Um, yeah, every February. And it's something that, you know, might have gotten lost last year. And it's, it's something that um, we definitely want to highlight and, and open up a broader conversation this year on heart health and the year that's in it. Um, and we'll allude to stress and heart health. We'll get to that in a minute, but um, I, was, I was thinking about just, hey, let's talk about the heart. Like what is cardiovascular disease? We see the acronym CVD, like what does that mean to you? Like, does it confuse you when you hear heart disease, cardiovascular disease? And what's this whole interaction with, with exercise and, and blood pressure, right? We hear all these yeah. different terms and uh, it can, it can yeah. be confusing to someone who doesn't yeah. understand. You can hear pulse and heartbeat. Yeah. Hey, they're the same thing. So let's just break it down. We'll just kind of reset cardiovascular disease. Cardio means heart. Vascular is talking about our blood vessels. So in the past, we might have talked about heart disease just as the heart as a you know a pump in isolation but really it's a it's a bigger picture um, and it, it involves blood vessels and will evolve and we'll talk about other diseases that have a big impact on it as well but specifically we're talking about the heart as a pump and the blood vessels connected to that pump and the average size of a heart and um, do you want to make a wild guess of how big do you think it is or how would you describe the size Ooh, can we can we can I relate it to maybe like a like a fruit or vegetable in terms of size? And yeah, and yeah I'm, I'm gonna say perhaps maybe the size of, of an avocado. An avocado, I would say maybe slightly bigger, but um okay. the average heart size is about the size of an adult fist. So yeah, close to an avocado would be a, a really good guess. But for most people, if they you know clench their fist right now and have a look, that's probably the size of their heart. So um you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good size and um, it, it does such a, a vital thing, um, which is supplying our body with oxygen. And the oxygen is transported in the blood. And how does that happen? The heart contracts and expands and refills and then contracts and expands. And when that happens, the contracting, um, that is called like a heartbeat. And you could also call it your pulse or your resting heart rate. Your resting heart rate is how many times your heart does that um, motion in one minute. So um, all these kind of terms can may be confusing, but just know that your pulse is your heart beating um, and your resting heart rate is when your heart is beating, when you're at rest. When you're exercising, your heart rate goes up. Um, but then it should go back down to your resting rate, which should be between about 60 and 100 when we're at rest in one minute. So um, it's considered a vital sign. What's really cool now is um, like yourself and myself, we wear these wearables that's, you know, going to tell us, hey, this is your resting heart rate right now. And, you know, I'm averaging at about, you know, 60, which is pretty average. Most people are in and around that. Or if you 
get a little bit more fitter um, and your cardiovascular fit, um, you can actually have a slightly lower heart rate, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but a cool thing to know is that, you know, these trackers and, and heart rate monitors that we can check ourselves are, are really insightful. And what's good to know is that they don't tell you the whole picture. So um, it's always good to, um, you know, have your healthcare professional check your pulse. Um, and they're going a little bit deeper into what your um, device is saying, but they're looking at, you know, your race, your rhythm, the depth of it. So they, they, they can feel it, they can palpate it. And that takes obviously um, medical training, um, but that can give bigger insights and they have um, more in-depth um, equipment that can track the electrical impulses of your heart as well. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's extra monitoring that can be done as part of a, a heart screening when you do see your doctor. Um, and blood pressure, again, similar to your pulse, it's something you can check yourself. Um, but it's also something that um, when you go to your doctor, they'll be able to interpret that and, and give you a customized um, kind of guidance of where you need to go. But, you know, what is blood pressure? So if the pulse is, is your heartbeat, um, your blood pressure is the force on the arteries. And this is the vessels that we're talking about. It's the force on the walls of those arteries when your heart is beating. That's just a general kind of understanding of what blood pressure is. Um, there's two numbers of blood pressure. Um, most people refer to them as the top and bottom numbers. Um, ideal is less than 120 on the top and less than 80 on the bottom. Um, and the top one is also called systolic blood pressure. And what that means is it's measuring the pressure when your heart contracts and is pushing blood through your arteries to the rest of your body. So it's pushing out that oxygenated blood. Um, and the diastolic pressure is the reading when your heart's resting in between that heartbeat. So um, two slightly different pressures, but they can give um, healthcare providers um, a real insight into your heart health and you know how hard your heart needs to work to get that oxygen around your body to your brain and your essential organs. Um, so that's just a, a quick on the, the two kind of um, helpful vital signs, your pulse and your blood pressure, and um, that kind of give people a baseline. And um, you'll hear that come up um, a lot in terms of health screening, you know, know your baseline, know your risk, um, know your blood pressure, but understanding what they actually are can maybe help people understand maybe the importance of it. Because if the pressure on the walls of your arteries is too strong, um, or too high, it can damage them. So if you imagine it like a, um, your heart is an engine and it's, it's pumping, it's a, it's a water engine and it's pumping water. Um, if, if the water it forces too high, it might damage the, the pipes, um, which in our bodies would be the arteries. So, um, kind of just knowing those, those risks and um, Unfortunately, there are different risks. Um, we call them um, modifiable and non-modifiable in healthcare, but they're essentially there's risks you can change and risks that you can't change. So cardiovascular disease risks would be um, your age. So increasing age, as we do get older, um, it is likely that your blood pressure will increase slowly. Um, which, um, you know, by the time people are 80, most people will have an element of um, slightly elevated blood pressure. Um, but it doesn't have to be um, 
diagnosed as, as hypertension and it can be managed with lifestyle modifications, but know that um, age is a factor that, you know, as we age, the elasticity, so how flexible our arteries are and, you know, our heart is, you know, it's a muscle and um, just like the rest of our body, it does have some aging effects. So age is, is a risk factor something we can't change um, and um, family history. So if there's a strong family history of uh, maybe heart attacks, strokes or high blood pressure and cholesterol can run in families, all of those things can put you at a greater risk. Um, I heard something really cool on a podcast myself recently, which was about, yes, we inherit genetics, but we also inherit cultures. We also inherit habits. Um, so, um, for example, um, it might be a tradition in your family to eat fry food on a Friday and, and that's just part of your family history, your family culture. So I, I, I'd like to separate those two things. Um, so we'll get to the lifestyle side of things, but um, the main kind of shining good news is that we can kind of take control of that risk. We can manage it and we can reduce it and hopefully for most people mitigate it, which is avoid it altogether so that we're not at risk of heart disease. And so that, then that brings us on to the things we can change. So we'd be talking about understanding, um, you know, what can we understand and what can we action to reduce our risk? and bring our risk within control so we don't put ourselves at risk for um, a stroke or a heart attack. And that's living a healthy lifestyle. That's the really broad, generic term that, you know, when people go for their checkups, they might have you know, slightly high cholesterol and they might be advised to go on um, cholesterol reduction medication and live a healthy lifestyle. So they'd be told, hey, make some behavioral lifestyle changes for example, um, you know, quit smoking, reduce alcohol, eat better, exercise. Um, and, and people understand that to a point, but solutions for reducing the risk of heart disease, technically they're quite simple, but that doesn't make them easy. And I think this is where um, yourself and myself come in, Nathan, you know, as, you know, myself as a nurse and you as, you know, a wellness um, expert and, um, your background in, in exercise and biophysiology, like we, we know the science behind it. We know that, you know, a simple Mediterranean nutrition and regular exercise will reduce our risk. But making these changes are hard. And especially now with so much change. I mean, there's, there's global change happening. It's a very extremely um, stressful time for people. But this is where we'd like to highlight through um, these tools like podcasts, webinars, and, um, you know, get togethers when they're safe, lunch and learns, to kind of highlight that the su there's support there for people with people that are at risk, and even people with um, existing cardiovascular disease. So just because you might develop it doesn't mean there isn't hope. Um, so taking control of your medication and taking control of your existing medical conditions, if you do happen to develop them, don't lose hope. Medication management resources, um, pharmacists, I think, are the unsung heroes of the, the healthcare system. They're, they often go unnoticed, but they are a wealth of knowledge and can provide actually emotional support, education, and guidance for managing the medication prescribed by your physician. 
Um, another thing I would recommend people to do that will reduce their risk and help them stay in control would be just keep in touch with your follow-up. So yes, going for your annual physical is, you know, brilliant. We, we highly recommend that. It's an excellent touch point. But ask your doctor, when do I need to see you next? And I think that's maybe a question that may not be asked. Um, I think, um, and it's something I'd like to empower um, you know, our members, um, especially our, our clients to, to ask, ask the question, you know, when do I need to see you? When do I need to follow up? So if I make this lifestyle change and I take my medication, when should I see an improvement? Are you going to check it? Do I check it? When do I come in and make sure this um, intervention has worked? So um, the, as I said, the, the bad news is, is that hypertension and, you know, heart disease, it's really common. Um, but what's not common is hypertension control. Um, if, and a statistic from the States, and it would um, most likely be relevant um, globally, but for, for all those who have um, hypertension or high blood pressure, um, only about 50% have it under control. Another statistic um, said maybe only one in four people have it under control. And um, that's um, really, really, um, I was going to say disheartening, pardon the pun, but um, it's a simple solution. But again, as we said, it may not be easy. So for Keep anyone listening know that there's support for you as an individual if you do have health conditions and um, you know contact your insurance provider ask about what resources what wellness campaigns are happening local charities are running you know heart screening services and um, some resources there's so much available online but I would encourage everyone to seek the support they need um, and to also know with health conditions um, other health conditions can increase our risk of cardiovascular disease. And the main one is, um, unfortunately, diabetes. So um, diabetes and your heart are, are linked. Their risk is linked. So um, interestingly enough, if you're a female with diabetes, your risk is higher than if you're a male with diabetes to get heart disease. But in then in other situations, um, females are more protected by their hormones as they age in general for heart disease, but in some circumstances, they're at a higher risk. So that goes kind of back to um, things we can't change, but then understanding um, health conditions. If, if you do have them, you can bring them under control and there is support and resources out there. I'd encourage everyone to reach out and just ask your doctor, ask your local um, public health nurse as well, or even your pharmacist for that support. And, um, and Sharon, I'll just um, mm -hmm. just uh, do, do a checkpoint here for, for everyone to, to emphasize a few of your points, if that's, that's okay. Yeah. Um, is that hopefully everyone who's listening can, you know, get a grasp on okay you know there's different systems in the body you're the nervous system the respiratory system and and today we're talking about the cardiovascular system as Sharon mentioned with the heart and, and blood vessels and so forth and for this system in particular cardiovascular system which we bring awareness to for heart month each February with this system there are things of course older age um, and so forth that, you know, is, is 
for everyone, and how Sharon mentioned, it's called non-modifiable risk factors. So something that as, as we get older, kind of our health can become more, more difficult to stay in a, a, a state of good health. But there's all these other initiatives that revolve around the term wellness, exercise, physical activity, nutrition, um, and even um, medication adherence and, and management that we can actually, like it's not, it's like these things are within our circle of control and we can do something. And, and that's why it's, um, that's why it's important to hopefully uh, get this message out to, to everyone to emphasize your points. Yeah, thanks so much, Nathan, for emphasizing um, and and kind of just to kind of, I'd like to kind of broaden it um, just from this point onwards and say, hey, you know, we talk about medical conditions, diabetes, hypertension, but let's not forget our mental health, something that has been stretched for the entire globe um, in the last 12 months um, and you know depression anxiety and um, what we do know is that they can affect our ability to manage our lifestyle affect our ability to manage our medication management to follow up on our doctors um, so there there is such um such a link between our mental health and how we're able to um manage our stress sleep so again if you do have like a mental health or well-being concern like speaking including that as part of your conversation with your doctor because just as much as your blood pressure your mood can affect how your heart functions it, you know it's something that needs to be spoken about more we need to be more open about it um, and we do know that from um like situational stress if we're in an an acute or sudden stressful situation um you know you can think back into like you know many many years ago if we were being chased by a a wild animal um our bodies reacted with the fight or flight system so you know our our brain is sending a signal saying i'm under threat right so our heart beats faster it gives more oxygen to our muscles it gives more oxygen to our internal organs and it enables us to either run away or stand the threat which is the fight or flight it's a survival mechanism and it is helpful in short-term situations in the modern world when we're preparing for um maybe an interview or a meeting or you know this is because we're talking about kind of maybe work related stress it can maybe help us meet deadlines so small levels of stress in short bursts can be okay they can help us succeed so not all stress is bad stress can be a survival mechanism and a way for us to um succeed and um, you could look at it in that lens um but what we do want Want to know is you know when that stress is not managed when it's kind of not going away maybe if it's affecting our sleep so you know how do we know if we're overstressed what are the what are the signs what does stress can look like different things to different people um so for example some people might overeat some people might undereat some people might you know talk and go out and want to be more social and try and escape everything other people might withdraw so um everyone um, has a different way of dealing with their stress. Sometimes those coping mechanisms can be unhealthy. Um, 
for example, smoking. And that would be where stress is directly linked with having um, an impact on our health. But indirectly, they are now finding increasing evidence to show a direct link between stress and heart disease in the sense where the emotional center of our brain, which is our amygdala, um, signals to our bone marrow to say, hey, you know, let's create more extra white blood cells, which cause the arteries to become inflamed. And inflammation is a real big buzzword nowadays. Um, and that inflammation is what research, um, and this is coming from Harvard and The Lancet, um, is to say that it's the inflammation that can now be directly linked to the risk of heart attacks, angina and stroke, which is where we kind of come full circle to say that chronic stress or ongoing stress further research is, is definitely an area to watch. I think it is going to evolve um, over the next couple of decades, but stay ahead of that curve. We already know that um, stress is not good for the habits and behaviors we're trying to choose. So um, as we kind of close and wrap up, let's close with how to fight stress to help our heart. And, and that can be our, our mission this, this February in honor of Heart Month is to, um, you know, mind our hearts by looking after ourselves, by caring for ourselves and looking after our own stress and, and keeping an eye out for our colleagues, our friends, our families, um, and, and being aware of, of that link and that um, stress is, is very, very important. So um, knowing that stress can be reduced with physical activity and physical activity also improves your heart health and um, specifically cardiovascular activity and um, which would be um, running, swimming, um, I don't know, Nathan, you, you jumping stairs, you know, um, yep. any, any kind of activity that keeps your heart rate up for a little bit longer and um, is, is definitely, you know, brisk walking and um, how I would describe it to our clients that have participated in our lifestyle um, checkups. We've done virtual lifestyle checkups is that when you're doing cardiovascular activity, the walk or the pace should be at a level where you can talk, but you can't hold a note or you can't sing. And um, so that's a good indicator of intensity, the briskness of it. Um, even, and yeah, yeah, to your point, Sharon, just because you just mentioned, even for individuals listening who are wondering other methods of how to determine when they're, you know, they are engaging in physical activity and they're wondering, I like, hey, you know, how, how, um, how much do I exert myself, right? What intensity? Yeah. You yeah. mentioned the, the talk test is one. And then um, two other really practical ones, because surely the the most the gold standard for like knowing your your exercise intensity is if you speak to a personal trainer, they yep. can base your program on either your percent uh, heart rate max it's called mm -hmm. or your heart rate reserve. But in mm -hmm. terms of what you can do, um, practically speaking, in addition to the talk tests that Sharon mentioned, is one is you can go online and look up the word. MET METs because mm -hmm. different activities are associated with different MET ratings. And mm -hmm. so you could say, okay, how many, if I garden right now, how many METs is that? Or okay. if I go for a light jog, how many METs is that? And so we'll notice that if they want an activity that's of moderate intensity, that's actually, okay. you pick a MET activity that's around mm -hmm. the, the uh, three or above. 
So okay. like, like running would be a high met activity versus gardening would be a low met activity closer to like about 1.5 or two on, on the met scale. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one. And then the other one was really interesting is to do what's called RPE, ratings of perceived exertion. Mm -hmm. And so someone can think of it, okay, instead of rating their, their difficulty from one to 10, yeah. they can actually try instead that's been scientifically validated is try a, a scale, a Borg scale, B-O-R-G, that actually goes from instead of one to 10, try from six to 20. And that's how they can determine, oh, okay, how, yeah. how hard am I working myself right now? And if they're at, you know, a seven RPE one week, they can try to get up to an eight the next week. And it's a much more like, like taught about, uh, talked about what the Met scale, much more okay. kind of like practical. You can actually be okay, like, what's my RP right now? Or if yeah. I go online, looking back so to- So if people want to know how they can kind of, you know, right now, you know, how can they reduce their risk, but actually know how they're improving with their, um, with their, with their exercise. Like, are they getting fitter? Are they getting physically and cardiovascularly fitter? Are they able to, and um, these measurements are so, so cool. So just to remind um, us, what is the website? M if they Google M-E-T-S? Yep. So it's, it's oh. METS, which stands for metabolic equivalence. And there's no like specific, like, like, let's say like Met website, but the, yeah. cause Met is almost like a, it's like a technique, but if someone yeah. wants to go on, let's say like, a, you know, a, do a Google image search, they yeah. can see like the Google image Met ratings for activities. Yeah. Sure. And uh, yeah. So, M -E yeah. For those people that want like a more in depth, you know, they, you know, people that are into tracking like ourselves, you know, we want to know our heart rate when we're exercising. And, um, but as you said, um, the, there's, there's kind of simpler ways as well. Yeah. For the people that don't like the trackers, there's, Hey, can you walk for 10 minutes and not be out of breath? Can you walk for 20 minutes? Can you increase maybe the distance and the time? So you can use um, basic milestones, or if you want to get a bit more technical, those resources are and um, can be motivating just to see the progression. So with physical activity, it's it's cool to see how your body can adapt and get fitter and healthier. So thanks for sharing that. And kind of to tie that back in, like, be walking and being physically active works on the heart muscles but it's Even also just walking, working on yeah. our minds yeah, yeah it's, it's work, yeah. walk it's working on our minds too we we de-stress we get fresh air if we're out in nature and we might even see some faces and someone might we recognize white smile at us like smiling and um, makes us happy and it's proven that social interactions um really do have a, a big impact on reducing our stress so just some more kind of like back to like the practical tips yes you know get active maybe find a friend that can get active with you if that's safe in your area and um, or connect with our members virtually online get some tips join our um, cgs wellness facebook group and you know we can get some groups together and, and just give us a shout out we're here and, and we can help you get get physically active again um but in terms of day-to-day um, -day things, some, some tips just to round off this conversation is today, just think about changing your expectations. 
Give yourself time to get things done. Time management is great for stress reduction and try not to pack everything into every moment. Just like this podcast, we, we can't cover our entire health and we can't go into de- in depth on every single lifestyle change. But, you know, let's just try and do one thing, which, you know, is maybe learning to say no at work and delegating appropriately as you kind of get to um, a certain stage and communicating with your manager, communicating with your colleagues and reducing the amount of tension by having shorter lists. And, And I think the communication comes back in there in terms of prioritizing. And so sometimes we can you know, be overwhelmed with maybe work and, and home expectations and just having those conversations um, specifically with workplace wellness, I think will help. Um, and just recognizing where you have control so that there's things that are unfortunately happening right now that are outside many of our control, you know, when will flights resume? When can I take a trip to Canada and go shopping in Miami and maybe see, um, I don't know, BVI, TCI, I'm keen to see the rest of the Caribbean. Well, you know, those things are outside of my control right now. So, you know, how do we reset? How do we find that sense of calm emotionally? Maybe today take five minutes and write down, okay, these are the things that are bothering me. I I can't really change them right now. Do I need to, you know, I, I, I can't solve them and and maybe just fold them up, throw them in the bin. If you find that you're these issues or these worries have been consuming you for too long and you know talk to your healthcare provider you know talk to your friends and family and 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 definitely again back to the communication be open so and being open with our minds um, and our our hearts and how we communicate can help our heart health um, and hopefully save some lives so what what you might think um, mightn't be a trouble to your health it, it might just be you know a bit of stress but um, stress can build up so just check in with yourself and um, know your triggers so maybe just um, consider what does upset you you know is there a lot of news happening right now you know our phones or de- devices were being pinged and ponged and pulled in so many different directions is there a way that we can scale that back um, Again, prioritizing what we need to nourish our bodies nutritionally, physically, um, and mentally, and taking that space to um, be aware. And um, finally, kind of, you know, relaxation and mindfulness. um, That's one of our favorite topics, Nathan, you know, Mm -hmm. building and creating time for for mindfulness some people choose that to be in a spiritual way and but it doesn't have to be it can just be a space to breathe um you know just like our our hearts are pumping away without us forcing it to happen and we breathe without um, sometimes being totally aware of it and and that can be a calming thing to know that that's um, literally ticking and, and breathing away for us so um yeah just to to kind of close or, or this year's February Heart Month conversation is that, um, yeah, uh, stress reduction through exercise, great nutrition, essentially self-care, reaching out and opening up conversations about our mental health um, can go a long way in not just making us feel better, but reducing our long-term health risk of cardiovascular disease. Very important very important for us and, and for society. 
Um, Sharon, I'll, I'll just say a final sentence here and then we can end the recording because I just thought it was nice when you mentioned this earlier and it, it, there's, there's, you know how they sometimes say a, a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, sure. Maybe it's sometimes, you know, a, a short statement is also worth a, um, a thousand words and that is the heart is a muscle. Excellent. Yes. So, um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and hope you have um, a happy and healthy heart month.